Coming to you in hypersonic ultra-maximum high definition from the depths of the interwebs and straight into your ear holes, it's the Cinema Geekly Podcast. Featuring all of the people's names I wasn't paid enough to say in this intro. It's time for the Cinema Geekly Podcast, episode 162, brought to you this week by Fandango and, of course, Glenn, the Justice League movie, which I'm sure you will be rushing to theaters to see immediately. Uh, You can pre-order your Justice League tickets, cinemageekly.com slash JLA. If you buy them using that link through Fandango... When you pre-order your tickets, Fandango also sends you a limited edition Justice League poster. Uh, are you going to be checking that out like opening weekend? Is that like are you are you like in the are you going to be like in the can for that? Like I'll be there opening weekend. Like is that a thing for you? I mean, I have that movie pass card, so yeah, you're there. Yeah, I'll be there. I mean, uh, look, I've seen two movies this month, so it's it's paid for. Mm-hmm. I've already, I, I technically I'm not paying to go see this movie. Um, I mean, so I mean, you're, <laughs> I'm so you're not seeing it in 3D. Free. So yeah, I'm technically not paying to see this movie. You're going in for free. Um, I mean, is it one of those things where it's like I just got to see it anyway because it's the Justice I gotta League know. on a movie screen I, for the yeah, first time? Yeah, I just got I gotta know. Like, I mean, I'm I'm more than likely gonna see it by myself. So yeah. Um, well, I don't know. My roommate will actually probably see it with me. It just me more of coordinating with him. We got a we got a, one big news story to talk about, and we've got a shows a, a show that Glenn and I both have watched, and a movie we have both watched. But uh, before we do that, we should talk about we. So we we didn't talk about the Harvey Weinstein stuff on here. Obviously, when we did a last podcast, and that it was also news when that happened. Uh, I think, right? That was stuff that had come out when we recorded. Yeah, I think it like had just happened, and we kind of said, like, yeah, it's not... Well, I know, I remember, because we literally, like, it was right after we did Mm -hmm. our last one is when Aaron had sent us the link on our chat about the Andy Signor stuff. Yes. And that had... It was like, so... Yeah, it had probably, like, happened, like, right before we recorded, but I think it was... Like, it was so fresh, it's kind of like, eh, I don't want to be, like, one of those people to uh, talk about it. And we even had a discussion, like, I felt like maybe it wasn't appropriate at the time, but I think <laughs> the more this stuff comes out, like, you kind of should talk about it. And, well, I mean, and that is to say, I certainly talk about all of these things with people or in areas of discussion when not on the show mostly because it's not like a, I don't want to bring attention to it or I want to ignore it. It's just that I always kind of viewed cinema geekly as more of a place to have fun talking about the things that we yeah. love and having to talk about people using their positions of power to make other people feel shitty or to treat them bad. Uh, and to talk about how rampant it, uh, it runs or with uh, prominent people within the movie industry. Just, you know, it's not... It, it doesn't fit very well with the spirit of the show. I just hate to have to... I 
I don't I don't mind having discussions with friends about it, but you know, I I like this place as more of like a positive space. That being said, uh uh the stuff that has come out in regards to Kevin Spacey has directly affected one of the shows that we used to talk about quite frequently on this podcast, that being House of Cards. Uh, originally the story was that they were in the middle of making the sixth season or they had <laughs> just started uh, work on it and the original talk was that they were halting the production uh, the vibe I got was that until we sort all this this stuff out because at the time it was only the story that was put out by Star Trek Discovery actor Anthony Rapp Uh it was kind of just that story at first, but then there was all sorts of rumblings of like, dude, there's yeah. stories going around about space. Yeah, so years. it was like the so it was like that story, and then they made a statement of like, oh, this will be the last season. Yes, of House of Cards and him in House of Cards. Yes, and then and they then, yeah, then they announced and then that he's just, snowballed. Yeah, then things started piling up. Stories started uh, pouring out, and then Netflix announced that he's just done. He's not even going to be in the show. So I don't know how to me it's a fascinating news story in regards to the show. I mean, I know there's gonna be a lot of people that are like, you know, fuck it, who cares? This guy obviously has problems and the the situations he was in or put other people into are far more important and need to be talked about more than the show, but like the nerd, the movie T V show nerd inside me can't help but be fascinated about what they do because he wasn't playing some guy that you can just sort of write off and fling away. He was like the main character of the show for five years. He was a show about the president and he was the president. Yes. Uh, I mean, I haven't watched the last season yet, so. It was better than it's been. Yeah. But they they focused a lot more on Robin Wright that season. And oh, they, were, they were positioning her in a, uh, they were positioning her in a place to be like the, you know, she's going to usurp him or something. Uh, they were sort of putting, uh, you know, I mean that show's gone so crazy off the rails of like actual reality. Like you were in like a realm of plausibility, even as Kevin Spacey was like murdering people who was like getting in his way uh, to get to the presidency. I mean, yeah, Ted Kennedy did it, so I'm mean, <laughs> sure that is a joke. It's not true. I do not stand by that statement. <laughs> but I mean, but, uh, but I mean, you know, in the last few seasons, it's like you know, with making his wife the vice president and like yeah. all of this, like it's so blatantly like nobody would ever have put up with this sort of shit, shit in real life. And I and yes, you mean, I still you mean say the that. American people wouldn't be in favor of some type of oligarchy? I mean, it seems like they kind of are. You, you, I mean, look, I know it seems I know anything you say about the presidency and the government of this country seems laughable in the face of the facts of who we've recently put in office. But uh, for the for the purposes of this show, like it certainly seems like they sort of not quite jump the shark, but they've come close a few times. Uh, either way, it did feel like it was time for the show to end, and this story came up, and they're like, oh, well, good, we were going to end the show anyway, uh, it seems. So, yeah, it's... Um, 
it's uh, like a weird for me it's a fascinating story in like how do you how do you write that character off like I mean you can't I mean there's still the integrity of the show regardless of your feelings about Kevin Spacey uh the show is still a well-made show. Like the people who work on it have pride in their craft. Clearly you can't do some sort of like poochie moment where it's just like Kevin Spacey went to go live with his people. Uh, and now he's gone from the show or, you know, he was killed in a car crash off scene. Yeah. That's right. Oh, you remember that guy who shot him? He's actually been dead this whole time. It's like that season of Roseanne where you find out that Dan's actually been dead this whole time. Uh, it's like, I don't think they can, I don't think they can go that route without compromising all of the good work that they have put into the show. What are you going to do? I have no idea. I mean, that's why I'm fascinated. Continue to have this guy work and no, absolutely, absolutely not. I'm fine with them. I'm fine with him taking him off of the show. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I feel like even they could just do a one episode thing and be like, maybe we're going to show you just get killed in person. Maybe, maybe commit suicide or something. I don't know. Uh, but I don't know. That would be that'd be pretty. Like Bud Dwyer's himself or something. That'd be pretty. That'd be pretty brutal. It would be pretty brutal, but I mean, that would be like. I mean, I, yeah, I, I feel I, like I, that would. I mean, look, he's still a person. Yes. Uh, so uh, to me, that kind of like kind of goes across the line of like. Yes. I don't know. Of yeah. Oh, that'd, no, 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 I, I mean, that'd be a really. Fuck that would be no, like, no no I, Kevin I agree. Spacey would really have to do some introspection if I agree. for an episode Adam kill himself. I agree. That I spent some tough. I agree. I spent some time on Twitter talking a few people down from like death threats. I'm like, we really shouldn't do death threats about this sort of thing, guys. It's uh it's it's counterproductive to what you want to to accomplish. You want yeah, social justice, man. Sometimes should, people Yeah. You should you should be looking for justice. Not vengeance, um, and oftentimes people are maybe they think they're going for the justice, but they're really talking about vengeance. I don't know. Yeah, um, I mean, look, unless you have anything else you want to add about uh, the Kevin Spacey situation, no, I'm more I'm than more happy interested in the Brett Ratner stuff because, like, that dude's names, like the Rat Pack Company, yes, he's got a lot of ties, especially the future projects. Yeah, Ratner is uh, trumping this. Uh, he is unlike, say, Andy Signore, or um, although I'm not, actually not sure if Andy Signore has actually ever released a statement or said anything about I, this. I think he's just disappeared. He may have just disappeared, but other people like Kevin Spacey has come out and tried to do the apology thing. Um, although, what an odd thing! Like, albeit, albeit weird. Yeah, it felt like he was like, "I'm super sorry," but also I'm gay, so that excuse. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was like a really weird thing to do. It was a weird apology. Uh, like Harvey Weinstein has even like admitted like he had problems and stuff. Not Trump though. When Trump was charged with all of these things, he uh, immediately said, "These people are all liars, and I'm going to sue all of them." And Brett Ratner has taken the Trump route. Uh, with his allegations, he's like these people are all liars, and I'm suing them. Or at least yeah, but if you watch, but if you watch Ratner's movies, they're all sleazy. That is true. 
I mean, look, I will say this as well. This is one of those things where I just presumed Kevin Spacey was a really good actor, but there's always, like, a weird creep factor to him. Yeah. Even on, like, talk shows and stuff where he's being charming and funny. There's, he's there's, got shark eyes. Yeah, there was always, like, something. But I just presumed he was, like, a good actor or whatever. And yeah. maybe he is, but maybe some of it's not acting. I don't know. It's weird to think about. But uh, Like you said, talking about American Beauty. Yeah, the which is... we know now, man. <laughs> I don't, I, I, I get a whole new context I to may it. never watch that movie again. Uh, <laughs> the thing with Ratner, uh, doesn't he have some, like, pretty high-profile accusers? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think the list is as big and as broad as, like, Weinstein's No, list, no, no, because but... Weinstein was, like, the head of his studio. Yeah. But I feel like he's got some, like, high-profile accusers, but he's suing the least of them. Like, the one that's most likely to not be able to afford to defend themselves or whatever in a court of law, yeah. which also seems like a sleazy move to do as well. Um... <laughs> to be honest, like your heart gets broken when you hear about people that you thought were good people or did good work or uh, things along those lines, like uh, with Weinstein. I mean, I don't, I never knew him, but I knew like his, like through his works or whatever, and that his studio has put out a you know just a slew of great movies and things like that. And obviously, Kevin Spacey, I thought was a very good actor. Uh, but I'll be honest, because, uh, like, your heart breaks a little bit because you're like, you know, just when you thought you kind of, you know, maybe not knew somebody, but assumed based off of your exposure to them that, you know, they were decent people or whatever, or they did things that you liked. Maybe it's that bias coming through. But when I saw those claims about Brett Ratner come out, it's just like, I mean, you know, I'll be happy if I never have to see another Brett Ratner movie as long as I live. So... Uh, is the apocalypse going on over there right now? It's... I forget. It's the first Monday, and the first Monday they do the tornado sirens. Ah. The dog seems pretty happy about this as well. Oh, I, I was hitting mute. I guess it wasn't muted the entire time we were talking. Sometimes it was muted. Personally, I think it adds to the... I think it... Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, Hollywood under fire. Oh! <laughs> Kind of does. The it, yeah. kind, it kind of does add to the uh, to the feeling of everything. Uh, I mean, like I said, I'll be perfectly happy if I never have to watch another Ratner movie. If this dude never gets work again, uh, I would say it's no great loss to Hollywood. Uh, I feel like uh, Spacey is accomplished and good. I mean, obviously, like you know, oh, we're gonna lose a good actor or whatever uh, is not important in the grand scheme of things but i'm just saying as far as like contributions go i don't think uh i don't think in any measurable way brett ratner will be missed but maybe i'm wrong maybe there's some like some diehard x-men 3 fans out there that are oh it's weird it's like someone like woody allen years of allegations he still works and it's because oh yeah 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 he generally makes good things there's the how long does this fire alarm or this tornado siren go on for by the way uh, I like five minutes. I was gonna say like it's Texas, so five minutes. Um, you'd feel like it's just background noise at this point for you guys, but maybe not. Uh, obviously, there's look, there's those uh 
allegations about Danny Masterson as well, and he's part of the Church of Scientology, and apparently they have are very good at silencing and covering up things when it comes to members of their church, especially higher-profile members. Wait, is that the guy who played Hyde in a... Uh, 70 show? show, yep. So, yeah, there's those, uh, there's those allegations as well. Uh, you know, you and I were talking off-air before we started recording that. It's... This is probably and for the better i would say uh, there's this is going to lead to the ousting of a lot of people in a lot of positions of power not just in film or tv but probably everywhere else. you were telling me like you know once it hits in like sports or in like uh uh business or, or something along those like higher uh like not film or entertainment related uh i feel like business that's different Maybe, yeah. Only because it's more global. Like, Hollywood's mm. still a pretty, like, tight-knit community. I mean, it's expanding, it's bigger. But, like, for the most part, like, it is the entertainment hub. Yep. You know, like, everything kind of goes through there. There's only so many jobs, so many people in the in show business. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean, like, with sports. I don't mean, like, going across... You know, I would be like it'd be like more specific like it would be like all across the nfl which i wouldn't be surprised because they just have so many problems in the way they've handled things um i don't see it happening in the nba just because if you actually look at it as a sport like they're they're very progressive in -hmm. the way they do things in in general out of any of the major sports in north america for sure Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean like it would be I mean, baseball probably would because baseball is just weird, anyways. Like the, the the people who play baseball, they have just the weirdest like sense of not morality, but like the way they view rules and stuff. I mean, like people freaking freaking out about bat flips, and you can't ever show emotion because it's disrespect. Like they're just dumb yes. in general. It's so, a it's a very and it's I mean the demographic is old white people, old True. white males. So yeah, I mean I could I could definitely see that being a, a thing brought up. Uh, in that sport but yeah i mean that's like you know i read that espn book years ago but i mean it's something they always talk about in journalism but specifically sports journalism it's just so uh just frankly disgusting in a lot of ways of how they how they handle and and, and view a lot of that stuff if there's one thing i've learned from this whole situation though is that maybe we should look to seth mcfarland as some sort of like soothsayer of like future Uh, Because he obviously was famous for, you know, telling that joke about Harvey Weinstein. Uh, And then people pulled... uh, I mean, it's like Hannibal Burris. I mean... Yeah, yeah. I mean, people pulled... uh, As soon as these Spacey's allegations came out, somebody was like, yeah, here's this clip from Family Guy where Seth MacFarlane made uh, a joke about a little kid who was like, I just escaped from Kevin Spacey's basement. Uh, So, I mean, like... The stories are out there, and people hear about them. And well, was it like the 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 moment, the day the allegations came out against Brett Ratner? He was like at some award show for women, and Tina Fey made a joke about like Brett Ratner and mm-hmm. seducing women or something like that. He yeah. does like an old fashioned way with money. Uh huh. So yeah, I mean, <sighs> there's always truth and humor. It's right. just a matter of where the truth is and the joke. Right. Uh, the assholes need to be weeded out. I hope they continue to be weeded out. And uh, I will continue to fully support the weeding out of assholes. Uh, but no it's also what. like, you know, it's also super common, too, to, like, have a director and a leading actress, like, start a relationship. 
Yeah, it does happen that, a lot. That's always kind of weirded me out too, because in some way that's a power position. You know, it even is. if the actress is making more than the director, it's still like to me it always seems like some version of some some kind of perversion is going on. Well, wasn't there that story not that long ago about uh, the Kristen Stewart and the guy who was directing those Snow White movies? She was yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like a thing not all that long ago either. Um, all right. Well, well I, wanna... I mean, like just now, Jennifer Lawrence and Darren Aronofsky. There are a couple after. I don't know if there were a couple before the movie, but that's you know, a thing. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, that's weird too. That's like an older, younger dynamic too, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Well, he's like forty-eight. Yeah. So I mean, it's she's my age. So she's twenty-six. So yeah. That's always always feels strange to me. I don't know. Uh, let's talk about happier things. Uh, first, let's talk about uh, Stranger Things 2, which is not called Season 2. They're actually kind of treating it like it's a nine-hour sequel to the yeah. nine-hour first edition, uh, which I presume you've also watched. Yep. Uh, do you have, like, a overarching feelings on... Season two, how it compares to season one. What, what did you think of? Oh, that season one was way better than season yeah. two. I've seen like a mixed bag on this. I've seen people kind of, uh, I feel like parts of season two are better. Yeah, I think season two finished stronger. Like once they kind of, yes. I just feel like they spent too many episodes of like, remember this character, you know, like the first episode was just like, reintroducing everything and i i don't know yeah. i mean i didn't feel like that was necessary yeah to, i mean to, they, like, but it happens a lot with, though, like right? reestablishing everything yeah yeah no i don't, I don't know it just uh, I, I don't know it just seemed like they to me it just felt like they wasted a lot of time of like mm-hmm. reestablishing things that didn't need to be reestablished Agreed. Um, like I, the dynamics didn't really change, so I didn't. I don't know why you felt the need to like kind of re reinforce well, some of that stuff. I mean, they in the beginning. I mean, I mean, they certainly changed some dynamic. At least as far as like how the cast was used, they certainly subverted my expectations by putting characters with other characters you didn't necessarily expect. I mean, they were sort of leading you on that, like, Hopper and Eleven were going to be, like, something in this season because they showed him, like, one of the cliffhangers yeah. of season one was him, like, leaving the egos in a care package or something for her in the in the woods. But it ended up being, like, this weird dynamic that happened throughout the season. You had, like, uh, Dustin and Steve were, like, well, a I mean, thing. That, but that's later on in the season, though, with Dustin that's and true. Steve. Yeah. That's true. They, I mean, but they split up the... They split up the group. Uh, they sort of shifted, like, of the kids, like, the power dynamic of the group. Like, Mike was most definitely, like, the leader and the main focus, but he really wasn't all yeah, that this focused season, on this he season. Yeah, this season, he wasn't even, yeah, he's very much so backseat. Which it's was mostly about Lucas. Yeah, which was interesting that they changed yeah. all the all these dynamics. They added. It's a pretty bold move. I agree. Uh, and they added. The the Max character uh, is like a, the Lucas Dustin triangly love interest thing, and they sort of some virtue there too because it seems like Lucas is kind of into her a little bit, but Dustin is really into her, and that like, but they don't tease it, they don't hold it off. Like a few episodes in, it's like 
no, she's interested in Lucas, and Dustin is like left behind. Uh, they did. Uh, they did uh, something else that was unexpected this season, which was they did this episode where Eleven goes to find like one of her. She escapes and she finds she doesn't really escape from Hopper. She just runs away while he's in the middle of doing other shit. Yeah, and well, he's she, in a hole. Yeah, he's in a hole, uh, and she finds her mom, and then her mom sort of directs her towards like one of her sisters. Uh, that was in like the rainbow room with her, and there's this whole side episode, which I think some people maybe thought was weirdly like, ah, oh, you didn't need that episode, or I think it was like episode seven, like ah, oh, you didn't really need that. You could skip that whole episode, and it doesn't uh, pertain that much to this, uh, to to the goings on. But I have a feeling that was all obviously done to be like. This is some stuff you should expect to see more of next season. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like to me, it felt like a like it was more. It was like a world building episode. Yes, I liked it a lot. I know a lot of people didn't, but it was one of my favorites actually. I mean, you got to see more of like that '80s punk style that you don't really get to see in like small town Indiana. Yeah, like, I bet Ben was like set. super excited excited about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I so I I, I like that. I like the. Uh, that um, they went bigger but mysterious with the villain. Uh, like Demogorgons are kind of like... Dem- the Demogorgon was like this crazy monster thing from like the first season, but by the second go-around, it turns out that they're not really... They're not really the thing to fear, but the thing to fear is like this sort of, you know, barely-shaped more of a concept really than anything like it's still very mysterious the mind flayer yeah. uh whatever they're calling it. i like that they're all using D names by the way for all of the characters uh, or like all of the the monsters or whatever uh but i like that it's like they didn't really answer any questions about it at all like they sort of tried to like through their sensibilities maybe create some sort of patchwork as to what's going on like it's some sort of virus, maybe, or an organism that's spreading, but it's clearly intelligent, uh, of to to at least one degree or another. But they, I don't know. They leave a lot of it. Uh, they leave a lot of it up in the air. Even though they, it feels like the end of this season was, uh, and I guess that's something they did last season too, where it feels like they wrapped it up, but clearly they didn't. There's like still more to come. Um, and then they do the, I don't know, for me, uh, like I said, there were, there were bits that were better. The ending, of course, like you noted, I think was, was, I, I loved the, the snowball thing that they did at the end, like the dance. I liked all of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, that was great. Uh, there's a lot of stuff to pick out. What are, what are some favorite like moments from the season and, and what are things you thought they didn't do quite as good? Uh, a lot of my friends were all kind of on the same boat. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say he's my favorite, but I definitely think they've done the best with his character, and that's Steve. Yeah, Steve is great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he really has, like, come a... a, a really Because it could be so easy, he could just be the... What they essentially make Billy to be, which I actually really like the addition of Billy. Because mm-hmm. um, that guy's just a monster. Yeah, he's like the human... He's like the human villain for this season. But he's very believable, too. I mean, it's not like... 
I was talking to somebody who said like that Billy guy, minus the haircut and stuff, but like dude, I, I went to high, like school, with, high school. I went to high school with guys like that. I mean, yeah, that was yeah. like 100. percent And I went to high school with guys like Steve, like the pretty preppy popular guy, and mm-hmm. you know he's actually like kind of a decent person and isn't like a jerk. Like as seen... he, even as he kind of got older, he like kind of matured. So like that was kind of the kind of the cool thing. I mean, like he still loves Nancy, but like he's kind of okay with her kind of going her own way. Mm. And if that means that we get Steve hanging out with the kids, like I'm 100 percent okay with this. That was a lot of fun. All of that stuff was. Where he's, yeah. Like, what does he say? He's a, he's a pretty crappy boyfriend, but he turns out he's a pretty good babysitter. Yes. Um, I liked, uh, yeah, that scene where Billy is lifting weights in his living room, smoking a cigarette. It yeah. blew my mind, by the way, when I didn't even realize it. That somebody, uh, I didn't even notice it at first because I didn't watch the movie. Um, but they have a, they've got like a talk show, a Stranger Things talk show on Netflix as well, or like an after Stranger yeah. Things thing that you probably shouldn't watch until you watch the whole show because they yeah. spoil some things. But I had no idea that the guy playing Billy is the kid who plays the Red Ranger in the new Power Rangers movie. Holy crap, yeah. Which is such a departure, but I'm just like, holy crap. He seems like such a dick, and he's like a Power Ranger. Uh, but he was great. I mean, he's probably not that amazing in the Power Rangers movie, but yeah, I thought he was pretty good here. Uh, uh, in this show, anyway. Um, yeah, I, I liked him. I liked uh, the conspiracy theorist uh, reporter guy. Yeah, he's uh, he's in a show that I watched on Netflix called Love, and he's mm-hmm. kind of not like the conspiracy thing, but you know, kind of like a swarmy, yeah, not kind of a shady guy. You know, yeah. he might be doing the right thing, but he's definitely doing it for his own gain. Yeah, and the, he had a sex joke in this show that made me laugh so fucking hard about pulling out or whatever. Uh, I it was it was amazing. Uh, but yeah, I liked him. Uh, at the end when he's like waving at the freaking <laughs> oh, facility. Yeah, yeah, and the guards are like flipping him off. Uh, Paul, <laughs> so Paul Reiser, uh, another uh, expectation subversion is Paul Reiser you think is playing the evil scientist guy uh, because he works for the evil science place. Yeah, he uh, works for the, the government. He work, he's a corporate guy. He's going to yep. be the bad guy, yeah. Except he's not. He's you just think he's on guy. your team, but he isn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except he just turns out to be a good guy. Yeah, I, uh, that was like one of my favorite moments was the because you kind of see him use the stress ball throughout the show, mm-hmm. and but he's in that room and he's like, "What about the kid?" And they're like, "Well, what about the kid?" And he's like, "We got to figure out a way to do it." And then he's just like in his office and he's like, "He's like, oh wow, he really like he really cares about the kid. That's not a Paul Reiser thing to do." Right. <laughs> I really like that. Um, uh, Sean Astin as uh, Bob the Brain, the guy who works at Radio Shack. He's like uh, Will's mom's uh, date or whatever. He's like the and I I really liked him. By the way, I liked I, him a lot. I just felt like he was. If you told me, like, if you explained it, like you could give me an argument, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But it was like he was kind of okay with things. It was kind of weird like, how he sort of just adapted to the situation. Yeah, but again, like, they're weird. I felt like they set him up enough because he was kind of like the kids growing up. He, so, like, to me, 
Mm-hmm. If the whole show is about like essentially your childhood is what's gonna prevent, you know, like essentially their innocence is what's protecting them. Like yeah. he kind of carried on that innocence through adulthood, so of course you would understand it. Like there's a way for me to like not care that much about it, but yeah, I mean, totally. I mean, as soon as I saw him in the season, like as soon as he first shows up and he's Joyce's boyfriend, and spoiler, 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 I was just like, yeah, he's gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> they're totally gonna have him hook up. They're gonna totally and have he him almost hook up. And he almost didn't, and then he did. Yeah, because he's an idiot. He could he should have kept running. It was funny. Yeah. With, like my friend po- made this post, and like someone was like, "Oh, that's why you should do more cardio." And then someone's like, "That's why you shouldn't leave a gun." <laughs> and someone's like, "That's why you shouldn't knock over a broom." And then I was like, "That's why you should just not stop running when you're still in the building." But he did. How about, have... how about how about you keep running once you get out of the building and not focus on Winona Ryder who's like ten feet away? How about you make those ten extra steps to her? Like yes, <laughs> there's yeah yes. But he did he did get to be heroic and he did have Bob pretty, be superhero a, and he did have a pretty memorable last scene of like his lifeless corpse just staring up at you. Yeah. While like a bunch of little demogorgon dog thingies are like yeah. just eating his insides, uh, all that stuff was. I, I was sad to see Bob go, but you're right; he was one of those characters that was destined to not make it to another season. Oh yeah, but I was more surprised that Paul Reiser lived. That, I was really surprised that he did not die. Yeah, I mean, he might get fired now, but well, then he doesn't work there anymore. Oh, that's right. He, well, yeah, that's he... right because they released the tapes. Yeah. Nancy and I think he's just like hanging out in the town. Nancy and Will's brother, whose name I can never remember, released the tapes. And he's gonna help him with uh, Jonathan. She's gonna he's gonna help oh, Hopper with right, Eleven, right. like so he can she can kind of focus her powers. That's right. Uh, so yeah, I really liked. Uh, I th- I think it's a really good follow up. Uh, I don't think I would say it's better all around than the first season, but it certainly did some things better. Than yeah, I mean, the first season, it's all about intrigue, and you don't know what's happening, so with the fact that we have more information, like, it's gonna, of course, not be as engaging. Yeah. You get you so. get, you get get some of those things you can't experience again for the first time, so. Yeah. Uh, but but I liked it. Uh, a thumbs up from you? Yeah, it was good. I mean, it was, it was solid. I, I mean, I really thought those... Pretty much from the eleven standalone episode on, so like the last three, I mean, they were like, that was good. I mean, that was real. I mean, pretty much once they got Steve and Dustin together, and you kind of know that yeah. okay, everyone's gonna kind of meet up, and they're gonna have to siege the lab. Then that, everything pretty much that's what it really picked up steam. I just felt like the first three episodes or so was just kind of like. Okay, okay, we don't come on. Let's kind of get this going. Like, let's ramp it up a little bit. And usually, I appreciate things being patient, but I just felt like they were patient about the wrong stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, big TV news, kind of. Uh, and it, hey, this is a great segue because it tangentially involves Sean Astin, or at least a character he played once. Uh, Warner Brothers is in talks with Amazon, and specifically, I heard Jeff Bezos himself is involved. Well, he wants he wants big time television. He well, wants big big things coming to Amazon. Well, they're going for it. They are in talks to adapt Lord of the Rings into an Amazon TV series. 
Uh, and I am not sure how I feel about this. This is like I'm I'm torn in a, I'm torn in a lot of ways because you can say I mean and look I know there's people that don't like the Lord of the Rings movies either. You were talking uh, to one of them. I'm talking to one of them. But even even though you are not a huge fan, you understand that there is a huge fandom for them. There's a lot more mixed feelings about the Hobbit movies. Yeah, I mean, it's like, but, I understand why people like the first Blade Runner. I, I don't like it, but I sure. get why you do. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, so, like, for me, I get, like, I'm getting that feeling of, like, these movies aren't that old. It's that feeling of like we're doing Spider Man again. It's like you just did Spider Man, um, but I'm these movies aren't that old. And thanks to Peter Jackson doing the Hobbit movies, which tie in to the Lord of the Rings, it feels even like less old. I don't know. I mean, sixteen years ago, it's kind of when the first one came out. So that's, I mean, that's true. That's true. Yeah, you're right. With the Hobbit movies having just it's sort done. of like it sort of refreshes it, and you know some of those characters do reappear for bits and pieces. So it, it, it does sort of keep it fresh in the mind. My and only thing course, is like, how can he, how can, how are they going to make a TV show look as good as those movies, movies were even as old as they were? Yes. And I mean, obviously, even if you're not a fan of those movies, it's undeniable that they were massive hits critically, monetarily, they won awards, they won Oscars, all that shit. Uh, it's, uh, pretty iconic set of movies on the other hand there's the part of me that's like you know books like these these like epic in scale and scope books are better suited for tv because you get way more time to tell your story but then you're also like you know i can't it's hard to picture anybody else playing frodo or it's in some ways, it's literally impossible to picture anybody else playing Gollum or uh, uh, Gandalf or things yeah, like I that. Yeah, see, those it's to like, me would be like the big two where I would have a hard time like, yeah. seeing somebody else do it. Like, the best you're going to do, the best you're going to do for Gollum is find somebody who's going to do an Andy Serkis impression. And that's it. Like, anything else, like, you really should just try to get Andy Serkis. Uh, but. I, it's it's just yeah it's one of those things like I just can't imagine uh, somebody else playing those characters so yeah I'm really torn about this like I would really like to watch it uh, because I feel like you can do so much more of the story but at the same time it's like you know those movies were like m- mega huge budgets with you know crazy scope and scale to them like can they repeat that sort of you know, visual aesthetic, are they going to do something completely different? I don't know, but I feel like, I don't know, I feel like with Be- like if Bezos is in on this, like personally involved in the discussions, I feel like this is one of those things where he's just like, throw all my money at it. Well, I mean, uh, otherwise I don't all the, uh, all the like entertainment heads, so. Oh, for like uh, their original productions and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He fired like four of them, I think. Yep. Because his whole thing is he wants no more artsy, small things, you know, that have niche art audiences. He wants big. He wants big, yeah. I think he got pretty pissed that um, Handmaid's Tale for Hulu won. I mean, the fact that Hulu is the one who won the whole 
best drama series, like the first like internet platform to do it. Blew my is, mind. Yeah, I mean, I've heard the show is like incredible. Yeah. Um, and there's no reason why I haven't watched it yet, considering I have Hulu. Uh, but yeah, so it's. I mean, I could see where he. I mean, like Man in the High Castle, pretty big budget stuff. I mean, I mm-hmm. can't believe they did 20 episodes in a year. That's a, a, incredible to me. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, I can see where he. You can definitely see the direction he wants to go. I mean, Netflix is doing it, but even like something like Bright is still like. That's kind of a weird concept. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's gonna be good, but I, at least it seems different. Like I'll, I'll give them yes. that. Like they're not yes. they're not taking safe chances with these gigantic. I mean, what they're making that Martin Scorsese movie for like a hundred million bucks too. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, it's gonna be like Scorsese. I think Joe Pesci's gonna be in it. You know, yeah. Robert De Niro. It's about Jimmy Hoffa and Al Pacino. Like yeah. that's a pretty safe bet. It's gonna probably be good, but. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, this whole. Am- I mean, it's. He said it. He said he wants to go big, and that's a. That's a pretty big swing. It sure is. I mean, that's a. Oof. And I think ballsy too. I mean, those movies have a, a huge fan base, and you're going to have a hard time trying to convince them that, like, we're recasting all of your favorites with these people you've probably not heard of before. Uh, you know, and some people automatically go to it. Because, you know, if they're like me with, like, a franchise with, like, Star... If somebody puts Star Trek on a thing, I'll check it out for sure because the goodwill of the 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 franchise or whatever that I have. Oh, yeah, so, I mean, that's why I'm going to see Justice League. Yeah, yeah, it's got that built-in... It has nothing to do with their movies, but, yeah, the other... Their, <laughs> the original IPs I'm in love with, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, years of comics or other movies or animated movies or animated shows like there's the goodwill is there i really feel like that might be because this whole deal with warner brothers i am really really curious if warner brothers doesn't try and um sell out their space to amazon for their dc stuff i Mm -hmm. i i can almost see it happening if this justice league movie goes bad i could really see this happening Maybe they'll make a play for it or something. Oh, well, I mean, it's like you have these big properties; you don't know what you're doing with them. Yeah, you know, you can they can still release it in theaters because they did that with that what's that uh, Manchester by the Sea. I mean, like Amazon's done it with a couple of other movies. You know, make the money and then it goes on up. Then it goes on Amazon three months later. Like I see that model kind of being better than mm-hmm. and Netflix is starting to do it too. So it's not like they haven't like they aren't going to go do that now. Because they kind of realized that maybe if we spend $120 million on a war movie, we might want to put in theaters for a little bit to make some kind of investment. Yeah. Hold off on the return to to go straight on to Amazon. You know, if they have it in theaters for three months and then go straight to Amazon after that, then yeah, I mean, I could see that working better. Um, but I don't know. It'll be really interesting. I mean, Bezos has got, I mean, he's got every single state in the country you know begging at his feet throwing him whatever tax incentives that he wants to build a damn headquarters but we'll see yeah um well we were just talking about dc let's end the show talking about marvel thor ragnarok is the big release in theaters this uh this week and i think it is doing kind of okay for itself I mean, it's uh, definitely both, a Thor critic- it's making the most. Yeah, both critically and uh, monetarily. 
speaking. It's uh, looking at uh, its weekend estimates are looking at about 121 million opening, which is I think way, way, way bigger than any other Thor movie. Uh, there, yeah, like they're showing here, the three-day total for this movie is 121 million. The three-day total for Thor: The Dark World was 85. So it is doing much better than uh, the previous movies, and uh, critically, I think it's also doing really well. I know they were talking about how it was like the best at the time, at least. They're saying it's the best reviewed. Marvel movie, maybe it's gone down a little bit. At one point it was, yeah, so at one point it was like 96. It's dropped to 92% with a really high average rating of 7.5. So not only do a majority of critics like it, but they tend to really like it. Yeah. Uh, so what were your thoughts on Ragnarok? Um, it's good. It's kind of the same thing I always say about a Marvel movie. It's not uh-huh. bad. It's good. It's enjoyable. It's very funny. Um, yeah, Taika Waititi is the director. Yeah, I mean, he his is... sensibilities are all over the. All oh over yeah, the yeah. Movie. I mean, uh, my roommate who saw it was like, if you yeah, you like his movies, you'll like this. I mean, that is the one thing. Like, he, his personality does shine through, uh, which I like. It's just, I wanted to really, I wanted to love the movie. There are things in it that make me want to love the movie but like as it's going on i'm just kind of like i wish you wouldn't do this no i want to go back to that like it was just kind of like things i wanted to explore the movie didn't explore and that's where my problems are with it it is good i i did like it it's just it, it just to me it's like just super disappointing of what i found super interesting and to me i thought the bit of drama being undercut by a joke was way more obvious and prevalent in this than other ones that they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it I can pass off like a lot of the Thor and Loki. Like, they're still brothers. And I actually, in this, than any of the other ones, very much so believe of their sibling, their, uh, sibling rivalry. Like, in this yeah. one, to me, I, like, I much so believe that they were brothers than in any of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um it was just like, I I just wish the movie was different than what the movie I got. And it's, to me, just that's just super disappointing. But it was, it is still very good, and I did really like it. It's just, I don't know, they had so many interesting cast members in it. Like, I just felt like they didn't use Jeff Goldblum enough. I just, I loved Jeff Goldblum I mean, so he much was, in this movie. He was like Pete Goldblum at all times when he was on screen. Oh yeah, and it but was he was great. underutilized. But it was just like I, w- I don't know. It just felt like like the parallels were obvious of they're doing of like oh Thor's on this oppressed planet. Oh, he needs to get back so he can save his own oppressed planet. But just like so many things are just so quick. Like oh, they just get in a spaceship and leave. It's like no, I wish they he'd like gone through the ranks, him and Hulk, and they take over the planet, and then. Hulk is like, you know, he finds his home because, you know, he makes kind of that joke about people of Earth hating him, but they actually really do hate him. And so it's just like, no, Hulk's going to stay here because this is Hulk's home, you know. Um, And then Thor's like, okay, well, then I kind of got to go do this battle by myself. Then, yeah, Loki comes in with the other gladiators and that kind of stuff. Then maybe Hulk kind of shows up then. It's like, hey, you know, you... 
oh, you gave me a home, I can give you a home now too. Like it just felt really rushed in this third act, and it just, yeah. you know, the running time didn't bother me at all. Like I honestly, mm. like Same. with how enjoyable the second act or the just the part they are on Jeff Goldblum's planet, like I. If it was like almost three hours, I probably wouldn't have minded if we spent more time there and then did like what happens when they go to Asgard to save people. Like I just I don't know. Yeah, there. Um, I want to point out the barrage of cameos in this movie. Oh yeah, Sam Neill as <laughs> Sam Neill as Odin. <laughs> After Odin. Uh, like yeah, so there's this really funny scene where Thor arrives back on Asgard and he sees a play being done of like uh, Thor and Loki's previous uh, adventures, and Sam Neill is playing Odin, Luke Hemsworth is playing Thor, and Matt Damon is playing Loki. Uh, so for people who did not catch all of that stuff. I forgot. I had read a rumor that Matt Damon was going to be in the scene, and I didn't even notice him. Oh no! I, as soon happened. as I saw the guy, I was like, "That, that no, that can't be Matt Damon." Yeah, and he looks just like no. There's no way it's him. But yeah, no, that's him. <laughs> it's crazy that they had Chris Hemsworth's brother play his character or yeah. fake play his yeah. character. So some really goofy stuff there. Uh, obviously, Doctor Strange appears uh, in this uh, in this episode as well. Um. Gosh, what else was there? I mean, that uh, was that was the only that was the kind of the part where it almost took me out of the movie a little bit was the strange stuff because it was like so it was so quick. Yeah, it happened very like, doing quick. the jumps like it just it felt different than the Doctor Strange movie, which it I wasn't a fan of. But like the visuals in that movie are incredible, and really that's what like I mean the... is like the visual styling of how they were like having him move and interact felt different. But I guess the idea is that he's like coming into his own, but yeah, I don't know. It just was weird. And technically this is, I mean, I don't know when the Marvel's yet to release their full timeline of events. Uh, This takes place two years after age of Ultron. I don't know where that places Dr. Strange. He did seem to have way more control over his powers. I mean, he was a quick learner anyway. So like I, I could, if it's like three months after the fact, like I would, I wouldn't not believe it. Clancy Brown was the voice of Surtur. Yes, he was. Demon thingy. Um, I love so, Clancy Brown. Talking about people who were... Oh, and then like a guy who's like a Fly of the Concords regular. I think he plays their manager or whatever. It was the rock guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um... Actually, the rock guy... No, no, no. The rock guy was uh, voiced by uh, Taika Waititi. Oh, he was? Really? Yeah, that was him. He doing sounds that. just like the redhead guy that's in a lot of their stuff. The uh, so talking about people that I thought were not used well. Uh, Anthony Hopkins was basically wasted, although he did get one scene where he got to pretend to be Tom Hiddleston playing Odin. I mean, yeah, when he says the "oh shit," that I that was pretty yeah, funny. Yeah, so he did get to ham it up a bit. Yeah, um, but otherwise, kind of wasted. I thought Kate Blanchett was kind of wasted. Yeah, it was kind of like she, I thought she was really good, and you could she tell some... she was having fun. But oh, yeah, yeah, it was just like it was just. I think the cuts going. I would. I would have rather. I'm like, guessing. I'm guessing we haven't seen the end of her. Well, I, my I have a theory because we know this whole thing of Thanos is he's doing it for death. I wonder if yes. they're going to use her as the substitute for death. 
Yeah, the goddess of death as opposed to just death or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I feel like that's a good probability. And if she's been uh, around forever, she was in this prison. Maybe he could see her somehow. Like I, I, to me, like there is there is a way to that that it would work, and I would get it. Considering uh, I mean, Thanos shows up at the end, Goldblum's uh, Goldblum's grandmaster is the brother of the collector, uh, played by Benicio del Toro. So all I hope for is that we get a scene with those two together. Oh my god! As their crazy ass characters. Yeah, I think that'd, that'd be, be incredible. Uh, here's the thing: he was that... so underused. God, I just like Goldblum. Yeah, he, and every did, time they... he was in it, he was great. But it was they just like, feature... uh... you know, yeah. But I mean, you know, he wasn't going to be. The, he was never going to be the focus. So I understand why they uh, they didn't. But yeah, he was awesome. Uh, I I'm like you I I like the movie. This is definitely a incredibly fun movie and at times really funny. But I enjoy the the Marvel formula and that balance they've managed to strike. Where more often than not they seem to strike a really good balance of humor, action, and legitimately dramatic moments where you can actually do some like heartfelt and emotional stuff and i feel like this movie went way too far on humor and considering all of the shit they did in this movie it had none of it had any emotional impact uh we've got for example uh the warriors three who are not main characters they are background sidekick characters to Thor, but that's to the audience. To Thor, they're like his best friends. These are like his mates that have been with him through thick and thin and all these battles and stuff. And their appearance in this movie is relegated to them being butchered within a second. They are immediately killed when Hela shows up, and they are then never mentioned again. They're just dead and gone, with the exception of Sif, who does not... Uh, there's Sif and the Warriors 3 and Lady Sif does not appear in this movie once I guess because Tessa Thompson was in this movie as Valkyrie and there must be some sort of Hollywood rule that you're not allowed to have more than one badass good girl in a movie because uh, that would be Sif so she is strangely just non-existent in this movie but anyway the rest of the Warriors 3 are killed and nothing like never mentioned again it's just you know they're dead they're gone who cares uh odin is in this movie for a sneeze as well and his like appearance is oh hi boys i'm dying and then uh, he's dead like he's here and gone too uh their father is dead and then they don't they there's no time for any breathing there either uh the movie just moves along uh, it's almost as if it doesn't matter that he's dead. Uh, I thought it was pointless that Hela was their sister. That seemed weird. Maybe I missed something, but did that have anything to do with... Did that play into the story at all in any way? I mean, she very well could have just been some evil creature. Yeah, she could have just was. been like the thing Odin created as his right hand realized his right hand got too strong. I mean, it that's... was weird to yeah, it was weird to make it like a family dynamic. I mean, I guess it because really she's supposed it. to be the rightful heir to the throne. I guess that's the their Perhaps. way of justifying it. Perhaps it just felt like it just felt weirdly tacked on. Uh, and then, of course, like the big thing is 
spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Obviously, we've done a lot of spoilers, but big, huge spoilers here. Asgard is destroyed. Like, the way they they determine through a vision that Thor has with Odin, the way to defeat Hela is to unleash Surtur, which Thor defeats earlier in the movie, uh, is to unleash him and to allow him to cause Ragnarok and end Asgard and apparently Hela as well, although we never see her die. Presumably she'll return. But basically, a lot of Asgardians die, and his home is destroyed. I know they do this scene with Odin, where he's like, you know, Asgard's just a place. He's like, you know, Asgard can be wherever. It can be right here. It's wherever uh, It's wherever Asgard's people are. Home is where the heart is. That sort of thing. Yeah, but a lot but, of people died. <laughs> but a lot of people died, and it doesn't really matter. The home is where your heart is thing... It's kind of true, like you can build a new home, but in the meanwhile, the place that you did know as home has just been destroyed. I think it's maybe a lead-in to a, like a joke when they're on the ship, maybe, or something, or I don't know. I think there's like, they uh, they play too many of these things that should have like emotional heft to them, and they play too many of these things for jokes, or, or, or whatnot. And I would just, pref- maybe, and maybe people got maybe good chuckles out of them. Maybe the movie's super meta. Maybe. Maybe it's just so mad. It's like, hey, none of this matters because we're just going to make 80 more of these. Possible. Uh, it's just one of those things where uh, some of that didn't work for me. Like, I prefer, like, when people who are important to the main character, if something bad happens to them, I prefer for that to affect the character. Uh, yeah, that's none what of that really too, happens. like, when he's talking to Hulk, like, when they're. Which is funny when he's like in the hot tub and doing that kind of stuff. But like, yes, there's a real like when I was talking about like whenever like for them to be like, oh, Hulk found a home here. He takes over Planet Hulk, that kind of thing. And it's like, but there's a lot of like emotional stuff they could do there, and it just felt like they were afraid to do it. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like they were pressured into just, oh, you're a comedy director, make a comedy. Yeah. Because it just felt like they wanted to, but it was just like, eh, okay, well, no, let's not do that. It's too sappy. That's too mm-hmm. sad. Our popcorn shoving audiences, this is what they want. They want this. This is what they expect from us. And it's like, yeah, it's, that's fine. But like, I feel like you've built up enough goodwill that you can now, now you can take risks. Now you yeah. can do different stuff. You You have your formula. Now you can tweak with it a little bit. Um, but I mean, there's like, there's also like a ton of, there's also still like a ton of fun. In oh yeah, episode, I mean the mo- the this, movie is movie. really fun. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's it's like these are just the things that hurt the story for me. Like it's weird to see how this fits in with the rest of the even like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, which felt very standalone-ish still kind of has, like, some roots in, like, the rest of what's going on. Uh, You know, at least a little bit. And this tried to by talking about Thor looking for Infinity Stones, but he couldn't find any. Um, You know, now he's trying to prevent Ragnarok from happening, which is something he did see in Scarlet Witch's vision that she gave him during Age of Ultron. So some of those things are tied into it, but... Uh, like a lot of that stuff is very early on in the movie and then it sort of goes on this almost felt like one of those movies that Fox would now make like once they realize they can do something crazy out of the box with Deadpool yeah. and now they're doing like New Mutants as a horror movie this yeah. sort of felt like 
they got their hands on Thor and they're like, we're just going to do a crazy, wacky Thor movie where every third scene is something that was you could see on the cover of a 1980s metal album, uh, which happens. I mean, you get to see some awesome looking. You get to see like Hulk fighting a giant fucking wolf and, uh, you know, Hulk fighting a giant fire demon and. Like all of this crazy stuff, uh, the all of the slow mo shots of Hela fighting uh, the Valkyrie and things like that. Uh, th- a lot of cool looking visuals, a lot of cool fight scenes. It's really funny. It's fun. It's a it's a fun movie, but it's not what I was kind of hoping for in my connected universe movies type situation. I wanted something that felt a little more connected, considering how close we are to the Infinity War movie, which is. Kind of right around the corner. I think we're expecting a trailer next month for yeah, that. Probably. So uh, that we're getting this close, and like, and then you know, and seeing something like Black Panther, it feels like this movie. Dude, Black Panther looks out. awesome. Yeah, Black Panther does look really cool. Um, I'm super excited for that. So I like it. It just feels kind of out of place. I think is what I the best way to describe it for me. Like, I like this movie, but it feels so out of place with everything else they've prevent, uh, presented before. And sometimes when you take a risk like that, it's good. I Like, I feel like it paid off in some ways. I feel like they thought the formula they were going with before with the Thor movies of more, uh, a little darker, a little more Games of Throny-ish, uh, Lord of the Rings type fantasy. Well, quite literally with the second doing. one, because they had the Game of Thrones director. That's right. Uh, I feel like they were kind of going more towards that vibe and they, I guess they thought it wasn't working for them. So they're like, you know what, we're going to take a risk. And they took risks. They cut Thor's hair, uh, getting rid of his uh, Norse mythology god look. They've had, they turned Hulk into a talking character, which before was limited to very little phrases. And now this dude's a fucking chatterbox. Yeah. Uh, and he's got jokes. Uh you know, they. I feel like they took a lot of. I, I feel like they did take a lot of risks. In some ways, they paid off. Uh, but for me personally, in other ways, it just didn't work as good. And I feel like I had higher hopes going in for this movie than when I walked out because I was expecting. Ooh. I was. I got part of what I was expecting. Uh, part of what I was expecting was a really fun, uh, funny action comedy. But I was also expecting, like, you know, I can't wait to see where this leads us in relation to... Like, I'm sure they're going to do some big things, and it's all going to be heading into this uh, Avengers movie. And I'm curious to see what they're going to do with that. And they did big things, but then they just played them off like they were really no big deal. And then the movie sort of ended. Uh, I don't know, it was, it was crazy. I liked it, but I didn't love it. I was, I was watching the trailers, I'm like, I'm going to love this movie to death. And uh, I didn't. I just ended up liking it. I didn't love it. Is that kind of like where you sit? Like, is it a like, not a love? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, sorry, but he like literally was barking the entire time you were talking. He um, did not agree with me, apparently. No, I don't know what's going on. Um, no, like I said, like I wanted to love this movie, and I just did it. Mm-hmm. Just, I just, I really felt like certain things got away. Like I. 
I don't know. Like it, like you said, it's gorgeous. I mean, and the, like you, the metal album thing. Yeah, you're right with all the different thingy stuff. But it's just like it's like every third scene, it's like a metal album. Yeah, like I wanted this movie to be like super weird and out there, and it's like it just it didn't it just didn't go. It didn't go to the degree I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. Like it just it felt like they were holding back. Like it really just felt like they were holding back. Uh, and it's and it's possible they were. I mean, maybe they wanted to go even further Taika Waititi, and they couldn't for various reasons. Yeah, maybe they wanted to go a little. They they were trying not to lean too hard on on previous Thor things, and I don't know. They were trying to they're trying to strike kind of a balance, and I don't know. I feel like it tilted a little bit too far one way for my for my liking. Um, but not so much that I can give them credit for just going there. Uh, yeah, I mean, it felt like... This kind of felt like how Guardians of the Galaxy could have been. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's probably my biggest problem, is that something like Guardians of the Galaxy exists. Yeah. Therefore, I know what this movie could have been. And yeah. that the fact that it, it wasn't is more upsetting to me than... yeah. Not. I mean, like uh, I said, but, it's still good. And, oh, and we didn't even mention we were talking about like the underutilized. Oh, and Carl people. Urban was awesome in this too. Oh yeah, he was he was great, uh, and I feel like he was utilized. Okay, he wasn't who I was talking about. I completely forgot because he was so underutilized in this movie. I completely forgot Idris Elba was in this movie as Heimdall. Again. Yeah, but he's always underused in the Thor movies. That's true, but he had even less to do this time. <laughs> I don't know, the other movies he just stands there in the throne room. So the uh, fact you know that he—that's kind of true. He that's left the true. bridge this time was cool. That's true, I suppose. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but yeah, and I mean, you know, I, I think it's pretty easy to point out why uh, this didn't have the leeway Guardians had because you're playing with pre-established characters like Thor and Hulk and Loki, uh, whereas Guardians. Yeah, but they like, did a lot of different things with them. I mean, they definitely That's made true. Thor more jokey. Like you said, they added things to the Hulk, which things that I can explain. Like it's like, oh yeah, well if he's been the Hulk for two years, he obviously would have evolved somehow. Like he, he started would... learning some words. Yeah, 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 it makes more sense. But I mean, that's the thing is like he was feeling compassion from the crowd, and he felt at home in this world. He just got to fight monsters. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. I also like that. Uh, I also like that Jeff Goldblum's pit fighting world is also kind of like a mix of like Studio Fifty Four as well. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's like a DJ sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's really goofy. Uh, uh, but it's uh, really I hate that word mainframe. No, why would I hate the word mainframe? Mainframe, <laughs> the S word. Prisoners with jobs. There we go. Prisoners with jobs. <laughs> so are the prisoners with jobs. Yeah. Uh, that was that was my thing. So like the the post credit scene where he's kind of like, oh well, I mean, you know, you guys have a revolution. It was great. I was a huge part of it because I was the person you were trying to overthrow. So that was that <laughs> he was declares good. it a tie. <laughs> he declares the revolution a tie. Yeah, like that was great. I felt like if that would, I wish that would have been in the actual movie of them like sieging his tower and. You know, like, taking control and be like, I'm in control now. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Because he wasn't like... Yes. I don't know. He wasn't like a... I mean, he even says, he's like, I'm not like... No, I'm not just going to kill you. Like, no, you're going to go do this. I'm like, not a monster. Like, it was kind of... I don't know. He was the perfect person for that role. Like, he was absolutely perfect. Uh, Well, 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 Jeff Goldblum, I just want you to be Jeff Goldblum. 
All right, I can do that. that yeah, like, he's like the John Wayne of his generation, where it's like you know we're just casting you to play Jeff Goldblum. We don't want you to be. Yeah, and it's been know. it's been a while since we've been able to see Jeff Goldblum be Jeff Goldblum because mm-hmm. he didn't get to do that last year at Independence Day. Yeah, you know it's been a it's been get, a long a time bit. since Jeff Goldblum's been allowed to just be Goldblum. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, so, what would you give Thor Ragnarok, and then we'll. Uh... Uh, like three and three quarters. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I mean, I was kind of leaning like three and a half, but I, you know, I think I'll give it three and three quarters as well. Uh, the music was great. That was one thing. The music score was excellent in this movie. I like the synths, like a John Carpentery kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, It's like the first uh, score of a Marvel movie that I've like cared about and could probably identify elsewhere. And they they sandwiched Led Zeppelin into two badass fight scenes. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a win all around. Uh, Boomer's having fun over there. Yeah, he's I don't making know. all sort making all sorts of racket today. I don't know what he's doing today. Well, I'm in the living room. But that's the problem. <laughs> that could be it. Uh, well, I'll sign off. We'll let him go do what he's got to do. Uh, that is it for this episode. Go to cinemageekly.com, check out the archives of the show, check out all the other shows we're doing. Find us on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music. Just search for Cinema Geekly and hit subscribe. And uh, we will return soon when the movie news accrues. Uh, if if there's not a lot, uh, then you can be sure we'll be back sometime in December to talk about that Star Wars movie and probably uh, an Avengers trailer as well. So there will be things to talk about. And we will be back to talk about them on another episode of the Cinema Geekly Podcast.